Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. In today's episode, find out what sports nutrition factors you need to consider as a female runner to reach peak performance. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionists, friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. everyone, I'm Aileen and I'm here with Karen. Hi Karen, uh, how are you today on our very first podcast episode? Yes, hi Aileen, I'm really well, thank you, and really excited about this new venture that we're embarking on. Yeah, me too. Uh, slightly nervous that we might not be able to uh, do all the techie stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully it'll work. And uh, we really um, hope everyone will enjoy uh, today's episode and hope that you'll learn for the, from the information that we want to share with you over the coming weeks and maybe even months and years ahead. Uh, so before we begin discussing today's topic, which is all about personalised nutrition, uh, sports nutrition for female runners, uh, Karen and I want to share something personal with you uh, linked to our nutritional running. And that's something that we plan to do every week at the beginning of each episode. Um, so, Karen, thinking about today's episode, what would you say has been the biggest gain for you uh, from introducing a personalized sports nutrition plan for your running? Yeah, that's a really great question, actually, Aileen. I think the biggest gain for me has been my understanding of the power of nutrition in influencing my running performance, actually. Um, And looking at my running performance, specifically sports nutrition, has really influenced my recovery from marathon events, I would say, because I used to really suffer from um, terrible nausea. And on one occasion, actually vomiting as well, Um, And I've also been known to sort of take to my bed for the remainder of the day, actually, just because I felt so awful. But in more recent years, since adjusting my nutrition and learning so much more about sports nutrition, I can now consume foods at the finish line, go home, have a shower and then have a decent meal and then carry on with the rest of the day. So I don't have the, 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 the sort of the nausea, the vomiting, the awful feelings that I used to have. And I have to say the transformation has been phenomenal. Wow, that's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, it has been um, really supportive. But how about you, Aileen? How has sports-specific nutrition influenced your running performance? Well, I, I started running with absolutely no nutrition knowledge, let alone sports nutrition knowledge. So I actually started running before I was trained as a nutritional therapist. Um, so I guess I probably had a couple of years where, where I described that I was running on empty. Uh, and my performance, my training performance was really erratic and I didn't understand why. You know, sometimes I'd be strong and full of energy and other times totally listless. And, and I would go into this cycle of beating myself up for not being able to meet my training plans or my targets. Um, when I did races, I was always sick at the end of races, which was always pretty horrible, really. Um, I was really focused on hydration, which I think a lot of beginner runners are, you know, and I wouldn't go anywhere without my water bottle. Um, so that was one positive thing. Um, but I think my biggest win um, over the years that, you know, I've been focusing on on my sports nutrition has been learning how to use carbohydrate effectively to fuel my running and energy without being worried about weight gain, uh, which I think is a, quite a common issue for many female runners. You know, we, a lot of us do follow a low carbohydrate plan for uh, weight management, um, mm-hmm. but that doesn't fit very well with running. And that was, that's was that been a big learning point for me. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. I'm sure that's going to be an area that we cover quite a lot in future episodes, Aileen. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be definitely helpful for some people so um so let's uh, move on and outline today's topic um so as we mentioned um we're we're discussing personalized sports nutrition for female runners um and a, a quote which um always resonates with me is when everything is equal nutrition can make the difference between winning and losing and this is a, a quote from a, a researcher into sports and nutrition um, so that sort of leads me to the question, could nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance? And, and I think often, um, you know, when we're, we're a runner, many people, they, they do everything, you know, they think about the training, they think about their equipment, but they don't really think about the nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, so our aim is to try and answer this question for you. And uh, the areas that we're going to focus on today is to start with, we're going to outline the performance triangle and discuss where nutrition fits into it. Um, we'll be introducing um, what we believe are the nutritional limiting factors to running performance, and that's sort of backed up by um, a lot of research. And we're also going to discuss nutritional changes and the potential challenges a runner may face. Um, so, Karen, um, starting off with the performance triangle, um, could you outline? what that is. Yeah, absolutely, Aileen. So the performance triangle is actually often talked about in the world of sports nutrition and represents three key areas of focus that all runners um, need to consider when addressing their performance abilities. Now, the triangle is made up of three equal sides representing nutrition, training, and also rest and sleep, which are one part side of the triangle. Now, I emphasize the word equal because these three aspects of performance are equally important. However, many and, and possibly most actually athletes and runners tend to focus principally on the training side of the triangle. And generally speaking, and I do think this is a, is a generalization, if they think about nutrition at all, it will tend to be on race day 
And I also feel that many runners and athletes generally do not tend to consider sleep and rest at all when thinking about their exercise performance. So most of the focus does tend to be on that training side of the of the triangle. Yeah, I really like the idea of the sports performance triangle because I think it's an easy concept to grasp and remember. And I think, Karen, it's, it's interesting what you say about runners and other athletes putting their training first and neglecting the other sides of the triangle, um, because we know as nutritional therapists, poor rest and sleep could increase a runner's risk of injury, uh, poor recovery and illness. And and also it affects performance, because if if you've not rest and had good sleep, you're probably not going to have the energy to to train correctly. Uh, And clearly, poor nutrition could have a huge impact on performance too, um, as we're going to discuss as we go through today's um, episode. So Karen, thinking about nutrition for running, um, where would someone start when thinking about changing their eating habits? Well, I think it would be really important to consider their everyday diet first and just ensuring it's optimal and aiming for it to be optimal consistently. Now, this is something that we tend to speak a lot about, Aileen, in all our different platforms where we work together. And I do think it is foundational to all our teachings and foundational, I think, for all runners out there as well, that this is sort of it's about the everyday diet being optimal and optimal consistently. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Karen. And I I think um, introducing everyday nutrition is so important and an easy way to do that is to follow the balanced plate concept now that's something that we have included in our easy nutrition for healthy runner program and and that program takes uh, people through easy steps and action points to help introduce what we believe is appropriate everyday nutrition and um, and also um, teaches the running specific nutrition to help people reach their performance goals Um, So the healthy plate concept um, is the beginning, the foundational part of the program. Um, But we also uh, look at athlete plate concepts, too, um, so that um, you're able to adjust um, your eating plan to meet your your running requirements, because obviously an everyday um, plate is going to be good for, as we say, foundational nutrition. But you've got to be able to learn how to adapt that for your for your running goals and your, and your training plans. Um, so if that's something that's of interest to people, uh, they can uh, check that out on our website and uh, look at online program and you'll find all the details there. Yeah, that's a really good point to add in there, Alien. And just thinking about the healthy plate concept, it is very much focused on the importance of really eating a colourful, varied balanced and and nutrient dense diet on a daily basis so consistently as, as I said earlier and this is really laying the foundations on which sports nutrition can then be built upon. Um, and I also think that the healthy plate concept is, is, is a fairly easy concept for people to implement really so it's a good starting point. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, it's it's great to have an easy starting point, isn't it? Mm. So, so we've established that uh, an uh, an everyday healthy diet really needs to be in place consistently uh, before you start introducing the nutrients nutrition specific for performance. So, Karen, when you're working with clients, um, where do you start with sports nutrition? 
Well, really, I would start by um, establishing with them what their actual health goals are, as well as the performance goals. Um, and, and clearly, this will be different for everyone. So my approach, my approach with with my clients is very personalized. Um, but on saying this, I think there are some general aims of sports nutrition, but the client's ultimate goal or goals need to be considered. So when I think about the general aims of sports nutrition, they include things such as general good health, as we've already discussed, but also immune immune support to help prevent illness, also to help prevent injury and it's 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 there also to try and support efficient recovery so that multiple multiple exercise sessions can be completed but completed well and completed in an energized state but also it's it's that one of the principles is um of sports nutrition is for training adaptations. Now, what I mean by that is um, there is a tr- change in structure and function within the body. So, for example, within muscle, within cells, and these um, occur after repeated exposures to bouts of exercise or training sessions. And in nutrition, is really thought to support these adaptations. So, so if you haven't got the appropriate nutrition, then these, these physical adaptations may be hampered or may not occur. So they do work um, hand in hand. Great. And I, I mean, when you're talking about this, what immediately jumps out to me is it's a very holistic approach. So you're looking at every aspect of somebody's training and performance, as well as their their general health. And it's all about pe- keeping people fit and healthy enough to train, as well as get the results. Um, so if we can support all these different a- aspects of health and training, um, not only is it going to help us in the present, uh, but it's going to really support us running throughout our life which is one of our big aims isn't it Karen that we want people and ourselves to be able to run into older life and and do it in a healthy way um okay so um so shall we move on Karen yes and um which I think you're saying about the the sort of the midlife and sort of wanting to carry on uh, carry on running and I think this is the ultimate goal of all my clients and that's why they come to see me really is because they want to keep they want to keep on running Mm. so um so Aileen just to to add finally to your original question um of where would I start uh, with my clients regarding sports nutrition once I've sort of established their goals and their everyday diet um has become optimal I would then move on to consider the known nutritional limiting factors in exercise performance which are the carbohydrates and the hydration so those would be the next two um that would be the next step I would go to with my clients great so we're going to talk about that next but just before we do let's just have a quick summary so we've we've talked about the performance triangle and the important thing to think about here is that it's uh, a triangle made up of equal sides so we give equal priority to training sleep and rest and also nutrition Uh, And we've talked about where nutrition fits in and how it's important to have a foundational everyday health um, when it comes to nutrition. And that's got to be in place consistently. And then once once that's in place, then we introduce the sports specific nutrition. 
Um, so let's move on then, Karen, and thinking about these limiting factors that you just mentioned. So in, in what way are they limiting? Can you sort of expand upon that? Yeah, absolutely. So the the principal reason that carbohydrate is known to be a limiting factor is because the body has relatively small storage capacity for it. So to put that into context, um, so approximately 100 grams, which uh, equates to 400 um, calories or units of energy um, of glycogen is stored in the liver and approximately 400 grams, which is the equivalent of 1,600 calories, are stored in the muscle. Now, it, it's thought that these stores are sufficient for approximately 90 minutes of running, however, becomes a limiting factor beyond this point. And then thinking about hydration, um, it's it's really a limiting factor due to its impact on the electrolyte balance and both under and overhydration can affect the, the balance of these electrolytes. And the, the principal electrolytes that we're speaking about here include sodium and potassium, but also calcium and magnesium can potentially be affected as well. So hydration is really important as well as, as nutrition. Mm. So what you're saying, Karen, is it's the physiological impact of an imbalance of these two key performance enhancing factors that might lead to them becoming limiting factors in performance. So it's the physiological impact that is uh, is the concern. So if we have a a deeper look at carbohydrates, uh, which, as you know, I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship (laughs) with, um, (laughs) it's always good to remind myself why I love it. Um, So it it is really important for running performance. And and we've just mentioned about the performance limiting factor uh, in exercise of this 90-minute window. Um, But it's viewed as the it's also viewed as the principal energy source for running. So as runners, you know, generally we're quite focused on having enough carbohydrate. Um, And this is because it's digested and absorbed quickly. And so its conversion to glucose for fuel is much quicker than, than say, um, fat, for instance. So it's much quicker and more efficient. Um, But I think it's also worth remembering that, Carbohydrate is the principal fuel um, for the brain. So um, in its glucose form, it really supports um, brain function. So we need to have adequate amounts to keep our brains alert as well as to support our, our run training. Yeah, absolutely. And regarding hydration, as we've already mentioned, both over and under hydration could be a limiting factor due to the changes in electrolyte balance, especially that sodium and potassium. So both are equally important, Aileen. Yeah, thanks, Karen. So so can we um, just maybe think about the female factors that we need to consider? Because you know, we're, this is the focus of our, our podcast is how to support female runners. So um, are there any female factors that we need to take into consideration regarding sports nutrition? Yeah, I think there are actually. And I think there are several really that we need to be considering, um, including the, the female hormones and hormone balance. So ensuring that they're in balance, it, it, you know, as we're aware, female hormones are complex and vary throughout the lifespan. 
So, for example, during the menstrual cycle, perimenopause, post postmenopause, and of course during pregnancy and post pregnancy, that they 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 vary at all these points in life. Um, but also muscle development is different for women than it is for men. So we must bear that in mind. And also lifestyle challenges for women are potentially quite different than they are for men. Um, and I think also women are at higher risk for um, certain health conditions. Um, and I'm thinking here of health conditions such as thyroid hormonally driven cancers, also autoimmune conditions, osteoporosis, especially after menopause, uh, disordered eating as well, although that is becoming more apparent in men too, um, and also weight management. So I think all of these factors would need to be taken into consideration when applying sports nutrition principles to a female runner's training plan and her goals. So quite a lot to think about. Yeah, there is a lot to think about. And I think, again, that fits really well with, you know, our our philosophy is, you know, being a healthy woman, healthy runner, you know, the two things are uh, work very well together. And uh, you can't just be a great runner without managing uh, other aspects of your health. And, and that's very much personalized to individual women. Um, so just before we move on, Karen, um, just another little summary here. So we, we've talked about... Um, Carbohydrate and hydration has been the two principal limiting factors to running performance. Um, the carbohydrate is because it's it's due to the body's limited capacity to store glucose as glycogen, um, and hydration. Um, the the limiting factor there is due to the impact of either over or under hydration, and also an electrolyte balance. And then you know you very um, kindly outlined the the key female factors as women that we need to consider when introducing sports nutrition. And they sort of roughly fall into hormonal balance and muscle development and then some of the um, health conditions that may, that we're more predisposed to as, as women. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for that summary, summary, Alien. I'm just thinking, could we just take a quick advert break now before moving on? Um, so I, I'm just going to hand back to you again, Alien, to take us through that. Okay, so every episode, we're going to take a minute just to talk to you about what Karen and I do outside of the podcast. Um, so uh, if you're new to She Runs These Performs, we'd like to wish you a warm welcome and take a moment just to um, explain what we do behind the scenes. Um, so our business is Runners Health Hub, and that's where Karen and I offer a range of services to support you in being a fitter, faster and stronger runner. So if you head over to our website, which is runnershealthhub.com, one of the things you can do is check out our free nutrition guide there. So if you go to the top menu bar and look at our nutrition guide, you can download um, an ebook and it's called Top Running Snacks and Nutrition Nutrient Timing, which is really helpful for any runner, you know, whatever uh, level you're at, whether you're a beginner runner or whether you're somebody that's, um, you know, doing marathons or, or ultras. Um, there's lots of good information there. And there's a, a nice little ebook that will, will help you and hopefully give you some ideas about how to uh, fuel um, your running pre, during and post. Um, and we've already mentioned that we have our, our online program there, Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners. And, um, you know, have a, have a look at the website and see what we do. 
Um, we, uh, if you've been listening today and thinking that maybe you'd like some extra help, the, the program's an ideal place to start and you'll find lots of information there. Um, and if, as I say, if you just look at the website, you'll find uh, find out all about it. If you've got any questions uh, that you'd like to ask about the program or the nutrition guide, just uh, drop us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. Uh, and as, as we mentioned earlier, we, we always love to hear how you're getting on. Um, do send us emails requesting topics that you'd like us to uh, look at in the coming weeks and months. And uh Join us over in um, in our Facebook group too, which is called um, Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners. So uh, thanks, and hopefully uh, we'll see you in any one of those places as as we go on. Excellent, thank you, Aileen. So now let's move on and think about introducing some nutritional change and the potential challenges actually that that might arise from from doing that. Now, thinking about my clients, I do tend to face some challenges in getting them to adapt their carbohydrate intake. So. People like you, Aileen, who have this love-hate relationship with carbohydrates and trying to get them to to sort of reframe their thinking around carbohydrate intake can be quite tricky. Um, Often I find it challenging to get them to increase their intake. But actually, in some instances as well, it, it can be difficult to get them to reduce their intake. Now, this is mainly because some runners are are still of the belief. I think the belief is changing, but I think there are still some people out there that believe that they they can eat the pizza and the pasta and other poor quality carbohydrate um, foods that have got very little um, sort of other other nutrients in there because they feel well, it's providing the energy, so it's okay. And of course. Yeah, it is providing them with energy, but potentially too much energy for the for the amount of exercise that they're actually completing. But also, as we again discussed often, Aileen, these types of food are energy dense. But as I've just said, they're not nutrient dense. And we do want to be providing our clients with foods that will support their training. Yes, but also foods that will support their health and reduce the likelihood of um, any illnesses and injuries from their training and also to really support and promote efficient and speedy recovery for our clients so yeah it's it's a tricky one Mm, it is tricky but you know what you're saying is 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 so true and I know that uh, with my clients many are consciously um, under eating carbohydrates um, to lose weight or maintain weight or who, like me in the past, have been scared of carbohydrate because they've got a fear that it's going to lead to weight gain. So it is a challenge to get them to reframe their thinking. Um, but, you know, as, as nutritional therapists, we use evidence-based research to re-educate our clients on nutrition for health and exercise. And also, it's about personalizing it for, for them individually. And that, that's what uh, gets them the results. Yeah, absolutely. Alien. I think that's absolutely right. And and also with my clients, it's also about educating them on the important importance of nutrient dense, but also energy rich foods to support their performance and also getting them to introduce foods pre and post training, because I just find that that's a time when many runners and other athletes actually will omit um, to do so for various reasons, whether it be that 
and that they're scared of the weight gain or because they're scared that they might feel nauseous, that they'll get digestive distress when they're running. There's so many different potential reasons why people emit to eat pre and post training. So it is really educating them on the on the importance of it, depending on what training they're, they're, they're doing. Okay, so that's, that's a bit of a roundup there on, on carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So now let's think about hydration, Karen. So what are the key things that um, runners need to consider about hydration for their training? Yeah, I think the most important point to put across here is that it's important for runners to consider their hydration really on a daily basis, not only on training days, so that they're really constantly in this euhydrated state as it's classed as. So basically, they're adequately hydrated. And I think the other key point is for runners to remember that hydration pre, during and post training are all equally important because quite often, again, runners will take water out with them, but they haven't had anything to drink before and then they forget to drink afterwards. So it's all really important. Um, Regarding research on hydration for, for sport, the current guidelines really are to drink to thirst, which will clearly be different for everyone and will also vary within each individual depending on the environment they're running in for example if it's hot or cold but also how much they're sweating maybe what clothes they're wearing Um, and and really there is ongoing debate in the science world about the impact of hydration and performance and how dehydrated an athlete could become really before it would begin to impact on performance so um I won't go into that here but maybe it could be a topic for a future podcast episode actually the the importance of hydration and and hydration versus dehydration for performance because there is a lot of debate around it yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. And I think it's a, a topic that is a bit overlooked and we take for granted. Um, so something that um, I just wanted to add here, Karen, is that if if you're a runner completing a long distance or you're running in the heat, it's also recommended that you would include some electrolyte um, drinks in your hydration protocol um, to prevent this becoming a lim- limiting factor. And also, you know, I think you, you mentioned there about you know, being very personalised, you, you need to listen to your body and, and ensure you've got access to adequate fluid fluids throughout your training. So whether that means carrying it with you, uh, using water fountains if you've if you've got those, at, you know, at your disposal, uh, or having your support team with you, or as I've even been known to stop off and buy a bottle of water because I've needed extra water. Um, so you need to think about all of these strategic points during your training to uh, to support you so so just rounding up uh, there Karen um, so we've looked at some of the challenges that uh, are faced when introducing nu- nutritional changes uh, which include eating the appropriate and adequate amounts of carbohydrate foods and also introducing uh, sufficient fluids into your your plan on a daily basis and not just for training um, remembering that we've got to uh, focus on being you hydrated and not over or under hydrated, which potentially is is the biggest challenge. Um, and but that can be overcome just by listening to your body and and drinking to thirst. 
So um, that's amazingly brought us almost to the end of today's episode. Um, so Karen, I, I, we, we promised that we would do some key takeaways at the end of each episode. So um, could you round those up before we close? Yeah, sure, Aileen. So I think the, the key takeaways from today's episode are remember the performance triangle and remember it's made up of three equal sides so training nutrition and sleep and rest so give each equal consideration to help enhance your performance everyday nutrition foundations need to be in place and need to be in place consistently day in and day out before sports specific nutrition is introduced personal health concerns and or conditions and life stage also need to be considered when introducing a nutrition plan to support running performance. And consider what your carbohydrate and hydration requirements are in line with your training and, and race requirements and goals. So very, very personalised. There are many different, there are many benefits to introducing sports nutrition alongside your running training, including adequate energy intake to fuel your running and including nutrient dense foods and drinks to help reduce that risk of injury and illness and also to maintain the electrolyte balance. And then ultimately, the aim of sports nutrition, if applied appropriately, and consistently, is to enhance running performance, therefore aid you in, a, in attaining your running and performance goals. And those would be the key takeaways, I think, Ailey. Great. That's really helpful, Karen. And, and I think that was a great introduction to sports nutrition uh, for female runners. And thank you so much to everybody for listening. And um, we hope that you'll join us for future episodes and remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies recommended as best leggings for running by women's fitness magazine we think they have everything a female runner needs first of all they're high compression to support your legs and bum they have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run there's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key they also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a gps tracking device and this is a unique safety feature all Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialling wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at AmazingJane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 
for 10% off all purchases.